Section 12 of Father Thames. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Father Thames by Walter Higgins. How the City Grew. Norman Days. The year 1066 was yet another fateful year for the people of England and the citizens of London. When William of Normandy defeated Harold at Senlac, near Hastings, many of the English fled to London, prepared to join the citizens in a stout defense of their great city. But no such defense was necessary. William skirted the dense forests of Andretteswield and striking the main road at Canterbury, progressed to Southwark, which he destroyed. Now, good soldier and wise man that he was, William saw that a definite attack on London would be a difficult matter, and would profit him nothing. So he set to work to do what others had done before him, to cut off the city from its supplies. Marching westwards, he made his way to the crossing at Wallingford, and there reached the north bank of the river. Striking northeast again, he soon came to Watling Street once more, and thus cut off all the northern trade. London was in this way cut off from practically the bulk of its supplies, and the citizens were glad to make terms before worse things happened. Probably the surrender occurred sooner than it might otherwise have done by reason of the exceedingly mixed nature of the population. London counted among its citizens, as we can tell by reference to the documents of the time, merchants from many different parts of France, Cayenne and Rouen in particular, and from Flanders and Germany. William kept loyally to the promises which he had made in the treaty, maintaining the rights of the city, and seeing that the thirty or forty thousand citizens had the proper protection he guaranteed. True, he built the great threatening Tower of London, about which we shall read in another chapter, but it is very probable that even in that the citizens saw only a strengthening of the old bastions built in former days for the guarding of the city. Practically all our knowledge of London life in Norman days comes to us from the writings of one Fitzstephen, a faithful clerk in the service of Thomas Becket. Fitzstephen, who was present at the archbishop's murder, wrote a life of his master and prefaced it with a short account of the city. From his description we learn much of interest. We gather that, besides the great cathedral, there were thirteen large churches and one hundred and twenty-six smaller parish churches, that the walls protected the city on all sides save the river front, where they had been pulled down to make room for wharves and stores. Says Fitzstephen, those who engaged in the several kinds of business, sellers of various things, contractors for various works, are to be found every morning in their different districts and shops. Besides, there is in London, on the river bank, 
among the wines in ships and in cellars sold by the vintners, a public food shop. There meats may be found every day according to the season, fried and boiled, great and small fish, coarsest meats for the poor, more dainty for the rich. He also has much to tell us about the sports, which included archery, leaping, wrestling, and football. In Easter holidays they fight battles on the water. A shield is hung upon a pole in midstream. A boat is made ready, and in the forepart thereof standeth a youth who chargeth the shield with a lance. If so be that he breaketh the lance against the shield, he hath performed a worthy deed. But if he doth not break his lance, down he falleth into the water. To this city, from every nation under heaven, do merchants delight to bring their goods by sea. The only pests of London are the immoderate quaffing of fools and the frequency of fires. End of section 12. Read by Kerry Adams, your book voice at Mesa, Arizona, on the 28th of January, 2022.